Rogue One. Rogue One? There is no Rogue One. Well, there is now. Hello, folks. This is your host, Steve Long. This is Rogue One Radio. Uh, this is episode 11, and I have got a uh, guest with me tonight. Uh, I've got uh, David Nicely, a friend of mine from Twitter. How's it going, David? Doing well. Great. Well, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. It's it's our uh, 40th anniversary of the release of The Empire Strikes Back, so it's a great uh, Star Wars holiday. Um, and you know, May is actually full of Star Wars holidays. You've got May 4th. Um, you've got earlier this week, we had the anniversary of the release of both Revenge of the Sith and The Phantom Menace. Uh, the 16th, we had the anniversary of the release of Attack of the Clones. And later mm-hmm. this month, we are actually going to have uh, the anniversary of... Uh, a New Hope, and on the same day, which is May 25th, the anniversary of the release of Return of the Jedi. So, oh, and can't forget, May 25th is also the anniversary of the release of Solo. So, May has always been Star Wars month, I say. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, know, I know we've had a few December releases in there, but uh, for me, May would be Star Wars month. Well, you know, um, I was actually discussing that earlier this week, and uh, it seems that ever since Disney took over, um, the release dates have changed to December, with the exception of Solo. So, right, yeah, that's that's interesting. So, um, just to let uh, listeners out there know, I'm, we're trying out a new format of Rogue One Radio. Um, I'm going to be adding a musical element to the show. So, in addition to uh, chatting and discussing uh, Star Wars and all its great forums, I'm also going to be playing uh, some music on the show, um, mostly of the punk rock alternative and indie varieties. Um, So I hope you enjoy this new format and uh, let us know what you think about it. Uh, on that note, also, you can find us on the social medias. Uh, you can find us at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Rogue Numeral One Radio. So go ahead and check us out there and uh, follow, like, whatever you uh, want to do. Um, so on that note, I'm going to go ahead and play a couple of tunes here before we get into our Star Wars talk. Uh, I'm going to open things up with a, uh, a song from actually a local band here uh, in Oklahoma City. The name of the band is Turbo Wizards, and the name of the song is A Barbarian Love Song. So I hope you enjoy it. Stone, mountain time. 
Okay, we're back. Uh, you just heard the song uh, Great Divide by American Television. Uh, really good tune there. And before that, we started off our show with a barbarian love song by Turbo Wizards. All right, so uh, let's get into some news that has been coming from a galaxy far, far away. Uh, news and rumors that we're hearing. Uh, the first big one is um, casting announcements that are coming out for the second season of The Mandalorian. A great show there. Did, did you enjoy the first season uh, of The Mandalorian? Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it was certainly a must-watch. I watched it numerous times. It's a, it was such a breath of fresh air, you know, to have a live-action TV series. Changing it up for, you know, Star Wars Wars fans, not just seeing it in one big giant format. So it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was great. Um if it was a if it was a movie, it would probably be one of, if not my favorite. <laughs> um so we've Easily. got some yeah. So we've got some casting uh news uh announcement. You know, it's getting harder to uh, differentiate the actual announcements from uh, the rumors. Uh, but what we've heard so far, uh, of course, is Rosario Dawson will be playing Ahsoka. Um, Katie Sackoff will be playing the role that she voiced in the Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, Bo-Katan. Um, we also have uh, Terminator and Alien actor Michael Biehn coming in as an undisclosed, unnamed bounty hunter. Uh, In addition to that, we're going to have Bill Burr returning to season two as Mayfield. And um, the other one that's, again, seems more rumor than fact, um, although there are a lot of um, news sites out there um, discussing the casting of Tamira Morrison as either Boba Fett or Captain Rex or both. So uh, we talked about this a little bit last episode, uh, but David, I wanted to get your take on that. What do you think about Boba Fett being in the Mandalorian? Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, right? You, you have those people, myself included, who are huge Boba Fett fans, fans, and you know, it depends. Depends where you draw them, right? Because in the Legends books, he survives, um, and there's a story that you know he's, he's, he's he survives the Sarlacc pit. But you know, being that that is no longer can, it starts to raise some feathers and put some wrinkles in, in terms of some people's thoughts. Uh, I think it would be an interesting tie-in, just because the fact that Boba Fett, you know, is was our generation's Mandalorian. We knew no other no other Mandalorian until, you know, uh, the Clone Wars came out. So it'd be interesting to have him tie in there. I would like it if it, him and Rex were in there at the, at the same time because it would be kind of a, uh, an interesting tie back to, um, you know, the Clone Wars. It would. Wars. Um, but, yeah, like you, I'm, I'm a huge Boba Fett fan, but I'm not really sure how I feel about him being in the show. Um I'm sure they'll do it well because you've got a great creative team on there. I just, I don't know if he's necessary, but we'll see. 
Um, but to further complicate, agree that, on that point. I, I, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I agree. I agree with you on that point. I don't know if it's necessary. It just might be fan service. Yeah. Yeah. So to further complicate the whole idea of Boba Fett being in the second season of Mandalorian, the newest casting rumor uh, has been that Timothy Oliphant, and if I pronounce that wrong, sir, I apologize. Um, he is an actor that was in the shows Deadwood and Justified. And the rumor uh, or the reports are coming out that he is going to be playing Cobb Vanth, which if you have read the Aftermath trilogy, you'll know who I'm talking about. Um, this is a guy who uh, they found him on Tatooine and he's kind of a a sheriff type character of a city on Tatooine who just happens to be wearing Boba Fett's Mandalorian armor. And the story goes that he found it from some Jawas or bought it off some Jawas who found it uh, near the Sarlacc pit. So that would lead to the conclusion that if he is playing this character, um, is Boba Fett in fact dead? Um, because if they found the armor there without a body, or did they, of course the book doesn't say if they found it with a body. So I, I guess we're just going to have to wait till October to find out. <laughs> um, so next piece of news uh, that I wanted to discuss was uh, regarding um, comic books. Um, we've got a, uh, a new Star Wars manga series, uh, well, actually two of them, that are going to be coming out from a publisher called Yen Press. Uh, they're going to be publishing two new ongoing Star Wars manga series. Um, one is called Leia, Princess of Alderaan. The other is Star Wars Rebels. Uh, they both take place before the events of New Hope. Uh, Princess of Alderaan is actually an adaptation of the Claudia Gray uh, young adult novel. While Rebels will, of course, be a manga version of the TV show. Um, are, are you much into, uh, into manga Star Wars at all, Dave? Um. In, into manga, Star Wars, manga Star Wars has sort of just been a little bit, but I'm very excited to these series. Uh, when I saw that they were announced, anything Star Wars and comic book, uh, I'll buy. So, yeah. you know, uh, uh, we'll certainly be adding a whole list. Yeah, that, that's kind of the way I feel it. I'm not a big uh, fan of manga in general, but um, any somewhat new content from Star Wars we can get, um, I'm all for it. Um, also on the subject of comic books, a new comic book series, actually a miniseries, uh, was just released on Wednesday. Um, it's a, it's called Star Wars Adventures, The Clone Wars Battletales. Uh, the first issue of that was released. It's a, uh, weekly series, uh, about, of course, The Clone Wars, published by IDW, and written by Michael Morishi, 
with art by Derek Charm and Ariana Florian. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier today uh, where they actually reviewed it. Um, that podcast, um, man, I listened to so many today. I, I think, um, wow, I can't remember who it was. Um, did you, do you recall a, a podcast that was, uh, the only one I would think of, think of was the Star Wars Flash page, page um, if they reviewed it. Um, I think it, I haven't, I'm not caught up on that one, on that one yet. Yeah, it was. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys, from Star Wars Splash Page. It was you. I listened to like three or four different <laughs> podcasts today. So, um, yeah, it was Star Wars Splash Page, uh, episode number 176. Um, that's a great podcast to listen to, uh, in general, anyway. Um, but yeah, they did a review of, of that. So it was, uh, it was good. So, uh, be sure to check that out. And I know myself have not read the first issue yet, although I do have it. Uh, I just haven't got around to listening to it yet. Um, but yeah, that should be interesting. It's, um, as from what I can tell based on the review, um, it, it's not, uh, an adaptation of any of the Clone Wars episodes themselves. It's actually new stories. So, uh, that should be good. New new Clone Wars content is always good. It's a con- Absolutely. It's sort of a continuation on the other IDW title, right? The Star Wars Adventures. It's just going into, going it, it into is, a uh, timeline now, correct? Right. It is It is part of Star Wars Adventures. It just happens that this uh, portion of Star Wars Adventures is the Clone Wars. So you're right. Yeah, my kids are really... My kids, kids, and I have really enjoyed that. You know, it's it's, it's a great intro too for you for younger younger readers as well because uh, it mixes it up a little bit. But there's not the uh, you don't necessarily necessarily have the canon right to read it. It's just an entertaining story. Right, right, and I'm and this is I'm sure the uh, demographic they're going for is the younger younger demographic, but us Star Wars nerds are going to read it anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so the last piece of news slash rumor that I have uh, seen is the idea that there is going to be an Ahsoka Tano uh, show in development for Disney+. Plus. Um, this kind of piggybacks on another report that I had heard that she will possibly make an appearance in the Obi-Wan uh, Disney Plus series. Have you heard either one of these rumors? I have not either. You know, the only thing uh, that I had you know, heard, which kind of bounces around every six months, is that there's a movie in development, um, which you never really, you know, hear any kind of confirmation on. So now this is the first time I've heard that one. Okay. Well, um, I kind of like the idea of an Ahsoka Tano show. Uh, I, I kind of wonder if they will base it off of the novel, uh, or if it's going to be a completely new. Um, you know, completely new content. Uh, either way, I think it'll be a good show if you've got the right uh, creative team behind it. Um, as far as an appearance in the Obi-Wan series, um, I don't know. Um, I'm really uh, personally excited 
for the Obi-Wan series. I just don't know if there is a place for uh, Ahsoka in there uh, unless they are referring to some sort of flashback that Obi-Wan is having. Yeah, that's what I was, was going to ask. Is I wonder if it was sort of, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to be in this time frame, you know, you know, where we've kind of already been given sort of a guideline of where it's going to place. So, you know, yeah. it was something that, that were these memories of what has just occurred, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, or last 10 years, maybe, where he's remembering fond, fond things as well as, you know, events from Revenge of the Sith. That would make sense. We did yeah. in the Soka series. Do you think it would sort of be as her time as Fulcrum? You know, kind of play it off of what happened during Rebels. That could be interesting too. Um, that would be my second choice. You know, if it's if it's uh, you know, depending on the actual timeline that the Obi Wan series is going to take place, um, because if you're doing it with Rebels, uh, with a Rebels type of timeline, it seems to me like uh, you're you're going to have to make Obi Wan a lot older uh than mm. the episode three uh yeah. character uh because rebels you're getting closer and closer to a new hope uh, so i would like to see that um and i and i don't have a problem with with them showing because I, I actually would like to see more of that story uh of her as fulcrum um or perhaps uh you know, not having the Rebels characters per se, but just kind of um, her time leading up to her becoming Fulcrum. She had her first interaction with the crew of the Ghost, right? You know, maybe where she's just doing the, the behind, behind. Maybe somehow she gets connected to the Rebellion, right? We yeah. know that that's somewhere uh, in there. You know, that would be certainly an interesting storyline. Oh, for sure. For sure. Definitely. All right, so that was all of the news uh, that we had. Unless there was anything um, that you've heard that I haven't mentioned, did, have you heard any other news besides that? Uh, no other news, news other than, you know, we also celebrated the Maker's birthday, right? You know, that, adding on to the Star Wars. Uh, you are uh, correct. You know, month of May celebrations, right? Uh, um you know, again, making it a month, but no, uh, it's, uh, it's, I've been a little bit off the beaten, beaten off the, uh, the ear hasn't been to the ground this week for the latest <laughs> Star Wars rumors. I'm getting a little nervous because of all the rumors coming out, especially about Mandalorian. Pretty sure I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I might be cast, um, <laughs> as chubby, chubby guy number two, um, in go. the cantina. I mean, it seems it's, you got to start blocking that or, you know, blocking it out at some point. You know, I so love it to have discussions. Um, but at some point it's like, man, don't leak what's going to happen. Yeah. Don't tell Cause that us was one of the best things about season one, right? Just do anything. Right. Right. Like I saw, I was at uh star Wars celebration in Chicago and I saw, I was on the, um, I, I attended the panel for the Mandalorian and they showed us some clips, but it, it really didn't, it, it was a very high level, this is what it is. They didn't go into any details. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to season two and, and uh, jumping off what you said, um, um, John, Dave, if you're looking for fat people to cast 
uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on board <laughs> with that as well. Uh, <laughs> you, you could make me some fat bounty hunter that gets killed by the Mandalorian or something. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> Put me in makeup. I'll take a force choke from the child. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'll let Boba Fett kill me. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, that was it for news. Um, we are going to talk about um, the 40th anniversary of uh, the Empire Strikes Back here in a moment. Um, before we do that, uh, I'm going to play a couple of more songs here. And uh, let you let you hear some uh, some music you probably have never heard before, um, and then after that we'll get back and start talking about Empire Strikes Back. Uh, this first song I'm going to play is actually Star Wars related. Interestingly enough, the band is called Yavin. It's called the Yavin Four, and I will be playing their song Order Sixty Six.
you're back with Rogue One Radio. Uh, that last song you heard was Alien Invasion by the song Get Fired. Um, actually, a little self-serving there, but I don't care. That's that's my band. Uh, and before that was the song Order 66 by the Yavin 4. Um, but we are now going to jump into our main topic of the show, and that is The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, we are recording this on May 21st, which is the 30th, uh, try that again, 40th anniversary of the release of The Empire Strikes Back. So we're going to talk about that. Um, starting off with our discussion here, I was, where were you and when was it that you first saw The Empire Strikes Back? So... So uh, I lived in a little town in central Indiana, I've been in Indiana. Um, uh, I was getting ready to turn eight years old, and I did get to go see this with my grandfather, who had taken me to see A New Hope. Um, so we saw the weekend that it opened, not opening night, um, but I immediately saw it the next day as well, and that was actually the first time I was allowed to go to a movie by myself. So it was pretty cool. Empire's always uh, held that special place for me. But uh, yeah, that opening weekend, it was pretty special because because I remembered A New Hope, but, you know, unlike today, we didn't have DVDs, we didn't have the VHS releases. Mm-hmm. So it was been waiting, you know, three long years to see what happened. Yeah. So um, kind of similar. I was uh, I was also eight years old. Um, I did not see it opening day. I'm pretty sure it was opening weekend. Um, before that, I had actually uh, only saw... Uh, Star Wars A New Hope um, on TV. Uh, so that was uh, that was where I saw that. And then, uh, so this was the first one that I saw in the theater. Uh, so again, it, just like you, it, it also holds a special place. Um, I was living in a, a town just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um one of the uh, one of the vivid memories I have of that experience is that um, I went with my older sister. Um, you know, I was only eight, and um, I, the idea was that she was going to go into the movie and watch it with me. But as it turned out, she actually went to go see a different movie. So I was there, an eight year old never been by himself (laughs) practically uh, sitting in a movie theater, a full movie theater uh, watching Empire Strikes Back. And, you know, after the initial, you know, first few minutes of why am I here by myself? uh, The movie started and, and it just kind of took me out of that um, moment. You know, I just, all eyes were focused on the screen of everything that was going on. And, and, uh, I had been a fan of Star Wars before then. Um, not a huge fan. Basically, I knew what Star Wars was and I had some of the toys. Uh, but watching this film, uh, I was basically hooked from there out, from then on out. Uh, it was, yeah, I was a Star Wars geek. Uh, they lost me. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So what what were some of your uh, do you remember any of your first impressions from the movie? You know, kind of thinking about it, I was actually kind of actually kind of talking to my kids with my kids about this not too long ago, and I remember 
sort of an overall tone was it was so different than a new hope right it just it just it felt different and it looked different than a new hope but the the hoth scene so um was it, it was so vivid to me growing up in the midwest winters uh, and living up in northern indiana where we get lots of lots of lake effect snow it felt like oh hey i know this familiar this looks familiar to me um so i just remember seeing hoth and that's i think uh, that early impression that sort of what re- it really reeled me in because it had that familiarity uh, to it. So, uh, and then also walking away, um, a couple of things being enamored with this character, Boba Fett, that we you know, kind of talked on about earlier and this whole freezing and carbonite, mm-hmm. like, you know, what is this? And, and Yoda, of course, yeah. um, something still there yep oh, okay cut off yeah yeah yoda was uh was definitely a, a major impression of that i really liked him um some of my favorite scenes in that movie um were were yoda uh specifically you know the first time that luke meets yoda and doesn't know who he is just think he's this mm-hmm. this, this little annoying gnome um so that was uh it was really cool uh you know for the first time seeing that you're like oh this is who ben was talking about okay <laughs> and uh but yeah it was just uh it was it was really fun the uh the first meeting between them was really fun overall the tone was, of the movie of course was was kind of dark i mean you had you know, very, very out on the onset, you had Luke get knocked over by a wampa, and and they almost, you know, him and Han almost freeze to death, and he gets, you know, Luke gets hurt, uh, and you know they're they're almost captured by the Empire, and then you've got, you know, obviously Cloud City, and then they find out Darth Vader's there, and it's just, it's just it's just a very dark, uh, you know, for for nineteen eighty standards, a very dark film. Um, as far as Star Wars goes. Um, and I think that's kind of part of its legacy. Um, this, this, you know, it gives you this, this impression that, you know, the good guys don't always win. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we all walked out of that theater with, with that, right. They didn't win this one. Yeah. You know, what happens next? Yeah. I mean, you find out yeah. that, that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Yeah. Han Solo gets taken away by a bounty hunter from uh, taken to Jabba Hutt, who Jabba the Hutt, who he's been trying to escape from for who knows how long. <laughs> and and uh, it's just like, wow, that's that's rough. Uh, you know, on top of finding out that Vader is his father, he, Luke loses a hand. <laughs> it's just nothing but downers that we got at the end of that one. And, um, yeah, it was, um, there were so many open, there, there were so many open storylines when it as opposed to a new hope, right? They blow up the death, death star, they all go celebrate, but we know Darth Vader escapes. That's all that we had really. But yeah. this one, as you brought out, you know, we have, we find out that Vader, Vader, you know, is Luke's father. We find out that he's not the only one. As you know, Obi Wan you know says right. that boy was our only hope, and Yoda leaves us with the cliffhanger. No, no, there is another. Um, you know, they got to go rescue Han. So, 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 there's all these ways the story could go. And so, 
walking out of there, you know, in my eight-year-old head, I mean, that's all we talked about all summer. Yeah. It was Darth Vader lying. You know, it was, you know, right. what about this? What about that? And, and it just, right. it was so uh, mind-blowing in terms of all these different avenues that the story could go. You're right. That eight-year-old mind, you're thinking, wait a minute. Obi-Wan said that Darth Vader killed his dad. So now you start to wonder, you know, in your in your not fully formed brain, is there more to the story that we're not hearing? <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah, just a great movie. Um, as far as all of the uh, Star Wars theatrical releases, where does this one rank for you? It's always been number one. It is okay. it, it is one that I can I can I call regularly, but um, <clears throat> Empire Strikes Strikes Back has always been my favorite. I think there it was so different. You know, New Hope's Hope certainly was a really great experience and seeing it. But I think part of it, you know, sort of what we both touched both touched on it was really I, I don't remember a lot of seeing New Hope. I hope I know I went and saw the year. You know, I don't know what I remember is just because I've seen it. I've seen it so many times or, you yeah. know, uh, certain aspects. But Empire was that really that first all-encompassing Star Wars experience for me. Um, and it was so so different. Again, different characters, new characters, uh, different planets, you know, as if just kind of being on one or two. And it just felt like it was a story that had um, – so it was so engaging. And it was – it was one that uh, I ended up being able to get more of the toys for than I did for Hope. So, mm-hmm. you know, playing yeah. for those next three years yeah. through that really formative time, you know, it was just empire, empire, empire. Yeah. What about you? Well, um, empire will always hold a special place in my heart uh, just for the legacy and my own personal connection to it. Uh, but it's actually my number three. Um, it's, it's very close to being my number two and I could probably go so far as to say it's tied for number two. Uh, but if I have to, uh, if I can't have any ties, it would have to be number three. Um, and, and if, you know, listeners, if you've heard the show before, you already know those, uh, those rankings for me. Uh, but just for um, posterity's sake, uh, my my number one is actually Rogue One. You know, go figure the name of my podcast. Uh, and my number two, uh, slightly, just very slightly edging out uh, Empire Strikes Back is Revenge of the Sith. Excellent choices. And I would put, would put Rogue as my number two. Um, and uh, I'm sure we could, we could discuss, discuss the intricacies of, of both. They're both fantastic. And again, the uh, what we said earlier, they're both different. They feel different. Yeah. Than the other the other stories. Yep. Definitely. Um. So this is, of course, the first movie where you see. Uh, Boba Fett. Were you actually a fan of Boba Fett because of this movie, or did you become a Boba Fett fan 
later. No, it's just because of this movie, like the mystery man. No, it's like, look at this helmet, right? You know, uh, it kind of, it kind of almost had that same feeling as Vader. You know, was Vader a robot? You know, when I, I remember seeing A New Hope the first time, right? You know, is he a robot? But Boba, Boba Fett, just the armor, you know, it all looked really, really cool. And then the voice through the helmet. So I was certainly intrigued. Yeah, I was definitely into this appearance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would have to say that uh, this movie oh. is what got me initially interested in Boba Fett. Uh, but what actually, you know, brought me to be an actual like hardcore fan of Boba Fett was actually the, uh, comic books, uh, from, from legends. Yeah. Uh, you know, then it was called expanded universe, but there were, there were quite a few Boba Fett comics that came out and, uh, they kind of fleshed them out a little bit more and, uh, just you know, really got me interested in him. Um, and then, uh, you know, seeing Empire again after the fact, uh, you just you just get this, this feel of, you know, this cold, calculating bounty hunter, um, you know, and, and uh, you, you know, in, in the scene, uh, what, which I, I just called Bounty Hunter Row, uh, you know that there's some sort of uh, slight history between he and Vader. Um, what that history is, we don't really know. Uh, but it just seems like the way he talks to him, he he know they know each other. Um, but yeah, so Boba Fett was. Uh, yeah, was I, w- a... I always thought it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just say, you know, it not it not until much so much later, until you know, it always felt like there was that history there. And then once the uh, prequels came out, it was like, oh, Anakin knows who he is, right? Because I'm sure that you know Obi Wan would have told him like, hey, there, hey, there's this guy Jango Fett, right? And he met his son Boba, and then all of yeah. a sudden, you know, is it is it is it a mutual understanding? Do they both know who the other one is? Kind of thing, you know. Again, we don't know for sure, but it always kind of plays in my mind when they look at each other. Uh, I assume that Darth Vader has reached out to him before mm-hmm. because he knew about his father. He knew about the and he knew about the the skills the clones had, which would be the, some of the same skills, although not genetically modified for aging and so forth, that the clones had. Clones had but they come from the same source, you know. So I I wondered if you know that was always something that's kind of piqued my interest. Uh, uh, that's why Darth Vader kind of reached out to him. Right. Yeah. So. Um... You know, after after forty years, uh, it should come as no surprise that this this movie still holds up uh, against really any uh, Star Wars movie, um, and and really movie in general. Uh, you could you could put that movie up against just about anything, um, and it would be you know up there in your your list of, of favorite movies, um, just for you know, what we've talked about, just how great a film it was and, and it's, you know, the meaning behind it. And, and you just, you know, there's no movie out there that I can think of that matches the sheer, uh, uh, 
what, what's the word I'm looking for? Ba- basically, when you when you find out, you know, this reveal that Vader is his father, you just you don't have a a big surprise like that in in any movie that has that as as much of an effect on you as that did the first time you heard it. Uh, just as one example of how you know great a film that it, that it is. Yeah, completely agreed. Right, no one, no one was guessing it. No one even had even had an inkling of it. That bombshell to drop was, right. you know, certainly impactful. And people who saw it, I mean, they still remember hearing it for the first time. Whether whether they saw they saw the movie then or they didn't until later. Yeah. And and the number of people. Uh, you know, that you talk to on, on, you know, a daily, weekly, whatever basis uh, who have said that Empire Strikes Back is their favorite Star Wars movie. There are a ton of those folks. Um, so it definitely has an overreaching impact to to almost all uh, Star Wars fans, uh, you know, whether you're a casual Star Wars fan or, you know, a diehard uh, fan. So, uh, you know, Empire is just, just an important film in the saga, and um, it definitely stands the test of time. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about The Empire Strikes Back. We're actually going to go through... Um, a regular segment on this podcast, the, the top five. We are going to discuss our top five quotes from Empire Strikes Back. But before we jump into that, uh, we're going to take another little music break. Um, and then we'll be back and, and talk about our top five quotes. Uh, this first song I'm going to play uh, for this break is by a Scottish band called Cold Years. And the song is 62, My Generation's Falling Apart.
lines are getting darker each and every day. It's not a surprise at all. Take together my fear when we look outside. Landscape of hate right before our eyes. Don't wait, wait. Stand up and organize. Let's make our move tonight. You're listening to Rogue One Radio. And that last song we just heard was Them Rats by a band called The Drowns. Uh, Before that was Scavengers, uh, which is a song by a band out of Knoxville, Tennessee called Rough Dreams. Um, We're actually going to have Jake from Rough Dreams on the show on on a future episode. Uh, he's a big Star Wars fan and wanted to come on the show, so we're going to uh, get a time slot for him to come on the show. Um, and then, of course, uh, before that, uh, the first one of the break was 62 by uh, the Scottish band Cold Years. So, uh, next we're going to get into our top five quotes from The Empire Strikes Back. Um now, there's two ways we can do this. We can just do uh, the top five that are off your, you know, off the top of your head, or uh, if you actually want to rank them, we can do that. So your choice. Uh, uh, whatever. Uh, let's <laughs> let's let's just go off the top of our head because I don't I can you know decide which one I like I like more than the other. Fair enough. We'll go with that. So go ahead and kick us off with number five. Your number five. Um, okay, since you're just off the top of your head, the first one would be do or do not. There is no try. Um, it's probably one of my all-time favorite Star Wars quotes. It's, it's something that I've, that I've used in, in personal life, all because I think it speaks to volumes. And if you're just going to go through the motions, you're not getting anything. And uh, that was the tough love that Luke needed to hear. You know, I think to that point, it started to become fairly easy to him. And when you go to drop that bomb on him, I think it led to that uh, frustration that this wasn't going to be as easy a journey as he thought. <laughs> that's that's a great quote. Uh, I'm surprised it's not on my list, actually. But um, but you're right. I that is a uh, that is a quote that could be that could transcend Star Wars. Um, and uh, I could see I could see you using that with your kids or or uh, anybody that you uh, you know if you're if you're a boss out there you know just uh, good good words to live by. Uh, my number five is also a Yoda quote, um, but it is one that's a, a little a little less uh, profound and a little bit just more amusing, if anything else. And that was uh, during the scene where uh, Luke 
uh, first meets Yoda, and it's where he goes, mine, or I will help you not. And it's just, it's just funny that he's, he's the way that it just reminds me of, it's indicative of, of that interaction when Luke first meets him. It's just this little, this little annoying creature that, that is, uh, that is irritating Luke. And, uh, I like this quote because it was indicative of that entire scene. <laughs> yeah. He, he really goes to, to Dagobah and he's, he's expecting this like big warrior, right? You know, right. this great, uh, Jedi master, because that's what, that's what the image he has in his mind. And, you know, none of us know what's going on. And, you know, What's interesting now that I think about it, I think we probably paid more attention to Yoda because of the way that he spoke. You had to, you know, because it just didn't didn't flow off the tongue. You were trying to pee together, and I think that's why his for me that's why his a lot of his quotes stick with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's your what's your number four? He's no good to me, dead. I love when. You know, they're standing there in Cloud City and they're getting ready to do the carbon freeze and Boba Fett looks over at uh, Darth Vader and sort of going back to that. Back to that do they have a related relationship? He's yeah. getting snarky with the Dark Lord of the Sith. You know, <laughs> he's got a little bit of a reputation here, right? And he, and he just does that. He's no good to me dead. You know, and it's just sort of like, like that. Uh, very much that old West feel, right? You know, uh, yeah. almost going into the Mandalorian. I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold kind of thing. It's just it's so... So matter of fact, I've always exactly. uh, that, that's that's what always stuck with me. Definitely, definitely. Uh, my my number four is uh, is simply two words. I know. Just <laughs> he's about to get frozen. Leia is pouring her heart out to him, and he just after that you got to think, man, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just this, this, you know, it exudes Han Solo's confidence. <laughs> and, you know, he doesn't know if he's about to die or not, you know, because they're basically using him as right. a guinea pig. So for all intents and purposes, he may think he's about to die. And, you know, I know. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, just very, very interesting. And it's almost that turnaround, right? Like she was playing hard... Yeah, like she was playing hard to get this whole time, and now she succumbs, right? Mm-hmm, she really yeah. gives into her feelings, and then he just throws it right back at her. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're right. It's 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 perfect answer for uh, for for Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three. Um. Um. You know, one of my favorite ones. Uh, um, this particular line, it really had, it never hit with, it never stuck with me as much until uh, I saw the prequels. And the line I'm talking about is where Darth Vader, you know, meets, uh, meets, uh, meets Luke in their cloud city. And he says, the force is with you, young Skywalker, but you are not a Jedi yet. Yeah. And thinking into the uh, revenge of the Sith where Anakin, Anakin doesn't get it on the Jedi council or doesn't get the rank of master, but gets to sit on the council on the council like he doesn't get the whole thing yet it's almost like anakin throwing it back at luke right like i'm gonna this this is how i'm gonna provoke your anger now granted this one hadn't happened in terms of films yet but the the more that i see that this line kind of always just hit really even as vader can be really quite spoiled at times (laughs) and 
you know, he's he knows that that's that's the way that he was broken. Yeah, through this little manipulation, one of the things that led to it, and so he's going to play that same game, thinking that his son is you know weaker than him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, my my three is on my list because I specifically remember laughing when this uh, quote uh, was said, and it is while they're on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, trying to escape the Empire, trying to hide. And uh, C-3PO is trying to say something. And Han, you know, shouts back, shut him up or shut him down. <laughs> and it just, I remember being very amused as an eight-year-old when he says that. It's like, man, these guys just give C-3PO shit all the time. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I mean, he is bull- bullied throughout, throughout all the movies, isn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you think about it until I, I was actually at Celebration Chicago, too, and, and heard Anthony Daniels mention. He was like, do you know how hard it is to be C-3PO? <laughs> He's like, everyone hates me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a bad guy. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, you know what, though? It seems like after Phantom Menace came out, uh, people had a new... Uh, character to hate and C-3PO was not hated as much. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, true, and, true. and even, you know, kind of bouncing off that when you see C-3PO in the Phantom Menace, you get a new perspective of that character. And, uh, but yeah, C-3PO was definitely um, not a well-liked individual um, in these movies. I mean, they, uh, you know, Cloud City, he gets he gets demolished and, uh, you know, they just talk kind of nonchalant about it. Hey, you need my people? Like, no, we, we got it. We'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, another interesting fact uh, about this movie that I always wondered was I always wondered they're in Cloud City uh, when they're in the uh, the freezing chamber. Um. It always it always made me wonder when Darth Vader saw C three PO. I wonder if there was ever you know something going on in his mind, you know uh, that 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 was his. It's inter- it's interesting to bring that up, Steve. There was actually a uh, there was actually a uh, Dark Horse comic comics uh, called Star Wars Tales. It's number six. Mm-hmm. And Darth Vader discovers a 3PO uh, that the Ugnats are getting ready to melt down. Um, and he gives the order for them not to melt it down. And the cover of that comic, comic I actually have it right here in my house, is Vader holding 3PO's head and staring at it. Wow. And it's one of my all-time ch- favorite Star Wars, Star Wars covers. I'll have to I'll check that out. We're done here, but it's one of my all-time favorite covers because it's it's for a moment he goes back to being Anakin. Yeah. And he remembers what it was it was like, and he has like these memories of uh, what his mother told him. I believe uh, it's been a while since I read the story, and they're like, "Well, we'll just melt it down." He's like, "No," and so and then I think he just pushes it away. But it's always been one of those really cool stories for me that you know there was that little bit of humanity that was still there that you know that Luke felt. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to track that down. 
Um, so that brings us to, yeah, your number two. Um, piggybacking off of your funny, funny line, laugh it up, fuzzball. We, uh, <laughs> we use that all, that all the time around here. <laughs> um, so if my kids were saying it before they'd ever seen the movie, you know, and, uh, it's just one of those, you know, funny lines. I've heard it used by people who I know have no, <laughs> no idea what movie it comes from. Yeah. So, um, it just always warms my heart to think of Han and Chewie. Uh, and that whole scene, you know, when it happens. Uh, and so it uh, always brings a smile to my face no matter when I hear it. Yeah, I can, I can see that. That's great. <laughs> uh, my number two is Darth Vader speaking to Boba Fett. No disintegrations. <laughs> kind of uh, furthering that idea of, do you know something about Boba Fett that we don't? <laughs> is this a habit for him? <laughs> But he's, you know, it's that, that whole... And then what we saw in Mandalorian, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like he's just, he's pointing at him as he says it. It's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> we need, we need more wall. of this story. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear more. All right. That brings us to uh, your number one. Oh, so many to choose from, but I still think uh, one that uh, uh, has, has become more of a favorite for me as I've gotten older and as a father um, is that uh, I'm altering the, altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Further. Um, Man, that is a good one. I, like I actually use, use that with my kids. <laughs> I do. Why is that not on my and list? I, and, uh, you know, I usually get the rolled eyes like, oh, God, God, another Star Wars quote. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, this is one one. Um, yeah, I just I just love the way that he does it because you can just see the chills and the way that Lando kind of does that yeah. little uh, hard swallow. You know, so I always imagine that there's a little tinge uh, of a choke, sort of what he does to Director Krennic. Not, like, not as hard as he does to Director Krennic, right? But, yeah. you know, don't forget who you're talking to here. So. Right, right. Very good. Yeah, that was a great one. Oh, man, that should have been on my list. So my number one is the quote that I think for a lot of people, uh, why this movie had such a huge impact on the series. Uh, and it is, of course, I am your father. You know, they're they're in their lightsaber battle and and he reveals this and it's just like a gut punch. What? <laughs> he he's what? You're what, huh? <laughs> and doesn't it say so so much about the act, acting of Mark Hamill? The way that he reacted to that, you know, um in that scene, right? Because because you know everyone knows the story that no one knew about except for you know again it, it changed everything well right you know, all the story this time went in a, in a com yeah all this time he's led to believe that it's vader is the reason his father is dead so just i mean and, the, and we're all watching the movie think it's going to be a revenge Right, that this is some sort of sort of revenge quest, 
from the time that he picks up the lightsaber. I'm going to avenge my father. You know, right. to fight the Empire. Right. And we get into Empire Strikes Back, and you think, oh, you know, he's gonna he's gonna get him in this one, right? He have it, and it's like, yeah. well, this changes everything. <laughs> and, and as the years went by, and you you think about that a little bit more, it's like, oh, that's why Yoda didn't want him to leave. Because he, that's why he didn't want Luke to actually face Vader. It wasn't because uh, you're not strong enough in the Force to, to face him down. Uh, if you face him, you're likely to find out we've been lying to you all this time. <laughs> and you probably don't have what it takes to kill him. You know, because right. we want you to do something that you won't feel comfortable doing. You know, to, to quote another movie, at that point, you know, Luke, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> uh, but yeah. for real, I mean, he was not ready for that truth, which is why he never should have left uh, Yoda. But but yeah, so this reveal is, is just you know, the far-reaching impact of Star Wars fans and everywhere of, you know, uh, Darth Vader being Luke's father and, and it just, it, uh, it really, it really sealed the deal on how interesting a character Darth Vader is. Like in, in A New Hope, uh, for lack of a better way to explain it, he seemed kind of one-dimensional uh, in, in certain ways. Uh, but in Empire, they opened him up in, in ways that just made him more interesting as a character. And this reveal uh, sealed that deal. You know, made you yeah, want to learn you know, more you, about you bring, him. Yeah, you you bring up a good point because as you said, you know, it, it, I remember coming out of New Hope and he didn't see it on TV then it's so forth. And in the second movie, not only do we find out, you know, that, that he's his father, but in other parts of the movie, it's a part of his helmet off. Right. So that's human skin underneath there. Right. Um, you know, when he's in his meditation chamber, um, we see him actually take the knee uh, to the emperor. Right. So there's a, there's a servient mentality about him. And then all of a sudden he becomes so interesting. He's almost, he almost comes across as he's the man, the man. But then you realize he answers to somebody. Right. And it's sort of like, whoa, if, if, if Darth Vader is this much of a, uh, of, of, of a bad guy, what's his boss like? You know? Yeah. So it's uh, certainly, you know, it was, as you said, opened him up to become a completely different character. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. So that was our number five, or our top five quotes from Empire Sprikes Back. And uh, that concludes our discussion of Empire. Um, we're going to close the show out with, um, again, if you want to uh, connect with us uh, here at Rogue One Radio, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Rogue Numeral One Radio. Uh, and I'd like to uh, close things out with a few shout outs to some other uh, 
Star Wars podcasts that we like to listen to. Uh, the first one on our list here is uh, the Cantina Cast. Always a, a enjoyable show. Um, the Star Wars Splash Page, which is a uh, comic book centric um, uh, podcast. Uh, Force Toast, which is uh, which is hosted by um, Laura and uh, Ashley, who um, they're both uh, big. Uh, Star Wars trivia nerds. It's always fun to listen to them talk. Um, then we have uh, like a shout out to the Resistance broadcast, and also to Coffee with Kenobi. Also, I would like to give a shout out to the entire Red Five podcast network, uh, specifically uh, a few of the podcasts that um, are some of my favorites of that network. Are uh, Scarif Scuttlebutt, uh, Pizza and Parsecs, the Galactic Podcast, and Coruscant Radio Underground. Um, did you have any others that you wanted to uh, to shout out, David? No, I think you hit all the big ones that I listened to, and uh, thanks for sharing some new ones that I'm going to be checking out. Yeah. All right, so that closes our. Uh, episode 11 of rogue one radio uh david thanks for coming on the show uh with me at such a short notice uh, it was a pleasure steve thanks for having me i love to talk star wars and any chance i can do it i certainly try to take that opportunity well great maybe we'll have you uh, on the show again uh, in the future sounds great all right have a great day and uh Have fun out there in a galaxy far, far away, folks.